This is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for April 12th. Let's take a moment today to recognize an important historic event that felt a bit like science fiction at the time and had far-reaching influence on our pop culture understanding of space travel. On April 12, 1981, the space shuttle Columbia roared off the launch pad at Cape Canaveral, Florida, ushering in the age of reusable space vehicles. It was STS-1, the Space Transportation System's debut mission, and it was the culmination of decades of space engineering and some very creative thinking. April 12th also happened to be the 20th anniversary of the day of the very first human spaceflight when Yuri Gagarin took his historic 108-minute trip. STS-1 wasn't an opportunity for NASA to make a political statement, though. It was all coincidence. The flight training had taken the longest of any NASA mission for the astronauts involved, and the launch had actually been delayed when an onboard computer error ended up scrubbing the April 10th target date. The Space Shuttle Orbiter itself had already been on the public's mind for a while. The Enterprise had taken its atmospheric test flights in 1977, launched without engines from a 747. By 1981, NASA was ready to show off a number of firsts on the launch pad. First solid-fuel rocket boosters, first spaceflight of a reusable craft, first human spaceflight of an untested system. Wait, what? Yeah, we'll... Get to that part of the story when we come back. The atmospheric test flight of the Enterprise had been successful, and astronauts John Young and Robert Crippen had been through extraordinary training in preparation for Columbia's mission. Young, in fact, was the chief of NASA's astronaut program at the time. He had already been to the moon, after all. So on the morning of April 12, 1981, Commander Young and Pilot Crippen buckled themselves into the cockpit of the shuttle orbiter and awaited the first use of solid rockets on a manned spaceflight, and the very first time a rocket system had been launched with humans on board without having first been tested unoccupied. And you know what? Despite the initial delay, the flight went perfectly. For 54 and a half hours, Columbia performed well, and NASA was able to collect flight data to improve the dozens of future shuttle flights. What does this have to do with science fiction? Well, for one thing, the STS-1 mission insignia was designed by Robert McCall. Not only was he a NASA artist, but he was known for contributing to 2001 A Space Odyssey and production design work for Star Trek The Motion Picture. None other than Commander Riker even mentions Bob McCall by name in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. But what truly makes the launch of STS-1 science fiction is that some audiences had already gotten a glimpse of how it would work nearly two years before in a James Bond movie. In 1979's Moonraker, arch-villain Hugo Drax launches a fleet of shuttles to his hidden space station. Now, granted, there were a number of inaccuracies and areas that demanded a high level of suspension of disbelief. In the broad strokes, though, Moonraker got it right. 
The orbiter, with its two-person crew in the cockpit, stands upright, attached to its two solid rockets and a large external fuel tank. After the thunderous liftoff, the two boosters are the first to detach and fall back to Earth, then sometime later the fuel tank is shed. Audiences watching Moonraker weren't getting a science lesson, but they were seeing something remotely plausible, and that would become a very familiar real-world sight, starting with Columbia's launch in 1981. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for April 12th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.